Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Justin the Food Entrepreneur's Podcast. I'm Justin Bizarro. I'm your host. That's B-I-Z-Z-A-R-R-O. For anyone who's out there, you can find us on Instagram at Justin the Food Entrepreneur's or more importantly on Spotify or wherever else you grow yourself through podcasts. So that being said, we're back again. We were able to work it out for a part two. Uh, I have Jerry right back on from Bandwagon Sandwich Company from Arvada, Colorado. I almost said California again. I don't know why I keep doing that. <laughs> hey, really Jerry Cass, California. how are you today? Doing good. How you doing, Justin? I'm doing very well. So let's talk about where we left off as you were just doing the plumbing yourself. You were being very entrepreneurial ingenuity and using your ingenuity to build a trailer uh, an open air trailer. It has solar panels and it's solar powered at this point. So you don't need to carry a generator around your refrigeration and, and yep. whatever else. So now what are the next steps? Like you finally build this thing. Like what happens next? Like you, you build the bandwagon. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we finally had all of the, <clears throat> the parts into place. Um, and it was starting to come together. We were, you know, reaching out to see where we could book ourselves and, and um, you know, just, just kind of trying to get our feelers out and, and figure out what we wanted to do. We also, uh, then we really started focusing on the menu, getting, you know, figuring out what we wanted to do and then, how we could do that fast and, and efficient. why sandwiches without. and not hot dogs? You already knew hot dogs, so you, I guess you weren't trying to compete in the same space. But tell me why yeah. the difference between hot dogs and sandwiches. Why did you land on sandwiches? Sure. So um, that was largely on my wife, Randy. Um, she is so at the hot dog company she was booking. Um, and she got really, really good at that. Um, but she also, you know, maintained friendships with all these other food trucks and with all of these venues and all these vendors, you know, she's just a very personable person. And so when, well, she obviously yeah. values the relationships because she understands yes. the long-term value of a relationship. It's not just so, to extract money out of someone. Right. right. And, and it's huge. It's those friendships and those relationships are, you know, a big reason we exist and a big reason that we thrive now because it's not, instead of looking at, you know, okay, well, what, we and, and really to come back to your question and, and answer it, we we uh, she knew almost every food truck in town, and she saw the niche there. She goes, well, you know, there are a thousand wood fire pizza trucks in this town. There are a thousand burger trucks. There are a thousand taco trucks. There are maybe three sandwich trucks that are just sandwiches. Oh, so this is what I like. It wasn't, it was actually playing chess and not checkers. Exactly. It wasn't like, this is what I want to do. It was like, this is what nobody is doing. This is where the blue ocean is. If you read blue ocean strategy, the book, I recommend it to anyone in the audience, but do read the book, but this is a blue ocean strategy approach. 
Okay, yeah. And so you're yeah. going where no one else is. All the ships are fishing in different waters. You're going to the blue ocean where there's no one else out there knowing that there's opportunity there. Exactly, exactly. It's not It's not about um, figuring out why all the fishermen are going here. It's like, well, fuck them. Let's go where there aren't fishermen. Yeah, exactly. So, so we... Then we landed on sandwiches, you know, we were like, okay, well that's broad enough that, uh, that, you know, you could do a different sandwich every day of the year as a special and not run out of sandwiches. I mean, you can make anything into a sandwich and, and it, it, uh, falls into those parameters pretty easily, you know? So we start experimenting with sandwiches and, you know, then my next move was like, okay, so even though we're, we're filling in that niche where there's not a lot of, uh, and then, you know, we decided to go hot deli sandwich because that was, I had some experience. Uh, I worked at a Philly cheesesteak joints. I've worked at, um, like Irish pubs. So I knew my way around to Philly. I knew my way around to Reuben. Um, and I was really good at making those. So that made that decision pretty easy as well. Um, well, so in it, Colorado, because of the temperature change, like hot sandwiches were great in the summertime and the wintertime. Yes. So go yes, on. Definitely. So um, once we had landed with sandwiches, it was like, cool. And like, you know, I feel like, Anything you're going to do in life, whether it's music or food or a hotel or whatever you're going to do, you don't need to have a gimmick, but having a gimmick, having uh, something to set you apart gives people reason to talk about you. So I feel like you know, word of mouth is always the best form of advertisement. And if you, so I always, I kind of do this thing where I'm like, uh, I, I, I say the sentence, like I am the person who discovered the business and I'm saying it to my buddy. Oh my God, dude. I just fucking went to this place. You'd never believe it. It was, you know, I had the sandwich, it but was not only was the it a chronic. That's a great one. It's that's what yeah, I say all the time. It's a fucking chronic. You got to go, go to this place. And it can be so stupid. For example, you said the chronic, uh, um, Chiba hut. Yes. Like, Chiba hut. I love that place. Actually. It's great. And it's, but I mean, it's a sandwich place. If it yes. was just a sandwich place, you would, but it's like, dude, you got to see the fucking names. They're yeah. all named after weed and they have fucking Kool-Aid there. Yeah. Like, yes. how much does it cost for them to sell you Kool-Aid? They probably make more money on Kool-Aid than anything. <laughs> you are 100% between the Kool-Aid, the great names of the sandwiches, and that you order them by like a blunt, a joint, and a spliff, I think, are the three sizes. Yes. It's incredible. And Even if the sandwich sucked, 
I would still go there. You <laughs> yeah. know, I would still yeah. bring out of town people there. Like, oh, you got to try Chiba Hut, you know? Well, and I compare it like Potbelly is like one of my favorite sandwich places on the planet. At least it used to yeah. be. They used to put a lot more meat on their sandwiches. And now that they franchised across the country, it's a lot less meat. But that's a different topic. But it's like Potbelly, but they give an experience well beyond it like the kool-aid the the tide of your youth the like smoking weed behind your high school parking lot like during your lunch break like type thing i don't know what it is but there's a nostalgia there that gives it an experience that's all i can say I even mean, if you even if you don't smoke weed yeah you know that's true it's that's true still, it's still that they have a theme and so Right now, you and I are talking about them, and there's a thousand other sandwiches. How much marketing did we just do for them? Exactly, because they have a theme, and because they have, you know, like the Kool Aid. It's it's worth mentioning, even though it it's not hard to come by, and every other sandwich place could carry Kool Aid, and you know it wouldn't be as successful it's it's because they fucking thought of it you know ever since i've eaten there just i want to anchor something to the audience i've been drinking kool-aid like like i think i drink a lot of high c and maybe ecto cooler was like a big thing when i was growing up that's a ghostbusters version of high c slimer was on it it was like a weird orange flavor And yeah, but when I went to Chiba Hut, it sparked the Kool Aid thing in me. And here's how weird it is now in my Airbnb in Nashville, as I'm trying to find a place to stay, I literally have like the the boxes. I have um packages like the big packages of the sugar free, like calorie free version. But I've been drinking High C now ever since the Chiba Hut thing because it's stuck in my head, and now I'm like, oh, I gotta have it. It's and I drink too much soda, so I'm like, oh, I can this. This will be an alternative soda. It's a lie. I'm telling myself just so everyone knows. But it's right. it is my diversity, and um and so I'll drink like one Kool Aid a day and one soda a day versus like five sodas a day, and so I've cut down the amount, but I diversified it so I get more fulfillment out of it. Weirdly, so I've chicked my brain and I'm only drinking two bad things instead of five, and I right. diversify. But I do. It's stuck so bad. I drink Kool Aid every day. It's weirdly yeah. weird because it brings back my youth and the experience. And that's what I'm really trying to anchor, not my diet. Because I No, but but you're completely right. It's people go, Oh shit, Kool-Aid, you know? And every not, camp, every summer camp I went there's to, I can think of Kool-Aid. Yeah. Right. But it's nostalgic. So like so that was where I, that was what my thinking was. It was like, you know, how do you how do you get people to tell their friends? Because even if your product is amazing, your, uh, your customer service is top notch, but you know, how are you different? What makes you worth mentioning? What makes you remarkable? You know? And that was like, you know, that was my big thing that that's where, music taught me so much because you know in in the world of music everybody wants to be a rock star everybody wants to be the next big thing right but you can every pop song has basically already been written right if you can make something catchy it's those notes have been together in that order before 
So you can either do what everybody's doing and try to carve your own way, or you can try to do something brand new. But then, you know, I, I can bang a xylophone into a drum set and make the stupidest noises on the planet. That still doesn't make it good. You know what I mean? Like, and so I feel like we wanted to do something familiar enough where like you look down the menu and you go, I know what a Philly cheesesteak is. I know what a Reuben is. I know what a turkey sandwich is. But as you read those ingredients, you also go, what the fuck is cucumber pico? Who the hell puts queso dip on a sandwich? Like, you know what I mean? Like, so it's, we wanted to be familiar, but different and, and have that conversation point. Have you tried bandwagon sandwich company? It's this crazy food truck that looks like a stage and all their food is named after, uh, you know, rock and roll musicians and all this different. Uh, I just wanted to have like something to talk about some, some reason for people to remember. Us. So that was, that was my next real big focus. So how did uh, you do it? I mean, what's the strategy behind this now? Okay, like, so, like, and like, I get it because I'm a big fan of Showtime. Like, it's something I've always had in my company. You never know who's going to walk in the door. You never know who's going to inspect your business or what inspector is yes. going to come in, like you had in the hot dog stand. So it's sure. always Showtime, 100 percent of the time. Because how you run your business 100 percent of the time is what is actually selling your business. That's what actually is completing the sales. Not a salesperson. A salesperson just happens to connect the relationship to your business. The sales right. are done by the individuals in the business. By the way, you do Showtime time and so what is that for you so um okay so yeah you know and really at this point when we were in the building process was when we decided to go with the stage theme um just because of the shape we wanted to do it and then um i built a cover that can crank up and down you know what i mean so i can have a rain top or a sun top or whatever um uh but i also wanted to be able to crank it down so i can park it in my garage so i can you know take a month off and not have to pay for storage oh that's really because uh, i was going to wonder like how i thought about that in the first episode like what do you do during the snow time like you don't want your truck right. full of, i mean your trailer full of snow exactly exactly so the shape was weird but, you know, we were like, holy shit, it already kind of looks like a stage. And then I'm like, dude, let's use lighting trusses to, to raise that top. And let's, we're already solar powered. Let's just put a fuckload of solar lights on it and make it look like a stage. And then, you know, um, my tattoo artist had drawn our logo and then he built, uh, or he drew a, uh, uh, what do you call it? a rat think design for us and then drew this whole image of, of a stage for the front of the cart. And then we just, then we built around that. So we were building around what it looked like and it kind of looked like a stage. And then I was like, fuck bandwagon. It's that's it's how I ended there. up with a, a food trailer yeah. named the chicken chariot. I'm like, Holy shit. We're hauling around 
chicken we open up all the doors because we would open up like full exposure on on all sides and, and like it's exactly a roof it looks like it's yeah. a roof but it was like a chariot and i'm like holy shit it's a chicken chariot and it's the same right. idea once you embrace you let the name come to the creation if you try to force it you often stick a, a square peg in a circular hole and it doesn't go through and you wonder why right. your business failed right. but instead of let it being organic so i just want to anchor that for the audience the organicness of this sorry i get really loud in the mic sometimes when i talk i'm very excited today so apparently i'm doing that a lot but it's um yeah. but it's it's that it's like how all of a sudden and when you hit that moment it's so much better than being like oh see i told you my idea worked no 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 when you capture that lightning in a bottle like you just did like oh shit this is a stage and i'm a musician and i have this tattoo artist and i was also in a punk rock band i can tie all this together you know so go on and you know and to that it also um kind of validated all of the shit I had done in my life that almost seemed like was all for nothing up yes. until then. You know I what I mean? I've like, been there. Yes. I love and this. And so it's like now, now I'm taking these shitty parts of my life and making them a background story for this insane fucking business venture that I've started, you know? And so <clears throat> so building the menu so now we got the stage theme if you would have quit all those years ago there would be no story to tell i just want to emphasize that to the audience yes. there would be no story that is the point of our lives guys it's to well, live it to experience it to tell it to the next generation so they can learn from it and be better and not make the same mistakes we did and if they do because we do as humans we don't learn from previous people we just go through it ourselves then we're just anchors to help them get through it and or exactly. pick them up through it or help them get back up if they've been knocked down by just hearing our voices so i love this going and i mean i can't stress enough like that being open to what you want to do instead of being laser focused on you know okay i'm just gonna make hot dogs and if people don't like it fuck them like but being like okay well if it makes more sense to make pizza then why the fuck am i making hot dogs you know what i mean like everybody wants pizza i'm over here trying to sell hot dogs so uh yeah yeah that's kind of where we were at and we were like you know we had already I don't want to say changed plans, but we, we had morphed the idea several times and I'm so, so glad that I did. Cause like, you know, my first, my very first idea at a theme when we were building it, I was like, you know, it kind of looks like the shape of like a radio flyer wagon. What if we went that way? And I'm so fucking glad I didn't. I just I <laughs> thought about that too, actually, at one time, because they do look like wagons behind yeah, the trailer. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, and I'm glad that I stayed open and didn't go, you know, this is what we're going to do. It was like, you know, let's figure out what people want and make it. Let's figure out what where there's um, a demand and figure out how to to fill that hole instead of just blindly being like, dude, I make a really good hot dog. Come try it. You know? 
So people want to be able to tell the story. So you've got this thing. Oh my gosh, can you believe it? It's open air. It's like I've seen two people do this now. One in Nashville, and one's going to be on the podcast, and they are out of Pennsylvania, out of Lebanon, Pennsylvania, and they've converted okay. certain types of vehicles, military vehicles, into food trailers or food trucks. Um, awesome. A couple of different ones is what I'm looking at, but that's part of what I'm talking about. The ingenuity. Sorry, guys. <laughs> I'm talking about the ingenuity. It's like you need to be able to attract people. Like food is 10%. If you have good food, you need to, one, get people to go to it, okay? So if you own a normal food truck, you've got to have something. You've got to have a shtick or an item that brings people there. Like you need to be creative in your food. You need to have something that's different that's Instagrammable or for photographable for the audience. If it's your trailer, in this case, the whole thing is a showcase, so yes. the whole thing in your case is a showcase. So let's talk about, I'm going to pause that thought, let that sink in with everyone. While they're thinking about that, let's talk about all the items on your menu. What does your menu look like? What type of sandwiches do you have? How do you rotate the items? Okay, so um, we started with a larger menu and worked it down. Uh, but <clears throat> so one really, really good thing I learned from running the hot dog cart on the college campus was there are a surprising amount of people with food restrictions or um, reasons they can't eat certain things. There, there are more than I think most people think when they get into uh, opening a food truck, right? 100%. And then I, when I was in healthcare, I had all the, the, health diets compounded on top of the this diet or ethnic reason for this or Dude, this I had, medical thing I was, for that i, I blew my mind by how many people you know and like okay i knew that muslim people didn't eat pork right but i didn't realize how many people how many a muslim people were in the community that that i didn't understand you know and like it was a learning experience for me for sure. Like, and I love the exposure. You did something in food and you got exposure to a whole culture that lives right in Denver. Right. 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 So, but you have to have to have to have to be able, you have to have a pork free option. You have to have a beef free option. You have to, um, have, uh, what do they call it? A pescatarian diet option. You know, uh, you have to have something vegan. You have to have something gluten-free. Now, when we were on the college campus, those were requirements. Like, your menu has to be inclusive of all those people, you know? Uh, And so when I built this menu, that was my first thing. was like, okay, here are your requirements. You Here are the things that people are going to come up and ask you. Do you have anything gluten-free? Do you have anything vegan? Do you have anything vegetarian? You know? Um, and it's real easy to be like, no, fuck that. We make chicken wings. That's it. You like them or you don't, you know? But you lose so much business to that. And not so – and this is the thing, like – very, very few of my sales are to actual vegan people, right? Like I do, it's by far, my vegan sandwich is my lowest seller by far, right? But 
if I'm at a busy concert venue, right? And it's us and two other trucks and we're the only one with a vegan option, right? If you are going to wait in line to get food for you and your wife and your kids and you really, really, really want pizza and there's a pizza truck, but they don't have a vegan option. Even though you really, really want pizza, if you wait in my line, you can have something for everybody. Bingo. So you're not going to wait in my line, get a vegan sandwich, and then go stand and wait in the pizza line. No, you're going to spend 100 bucks yes. just because I have a vegan option. Bingo. And it, it, and I agree with you 100. So that's across the board, too. Like, um, gluten-free, same thing. Like, if you don't have that, it's not the gluten-free sales that you're losing it's that whole family you know what i mean like that dude has to wait in line and he's missing the concert to wait in line for food for his family why would he do it twice even though he'd prefer pizza that dude's gonna eat a philly cheesesteak you know I agree with you 100% and I've been in that situation before because like I'm sensitive to white potatoes and gluten sometimes so and I travel with a family that eats like crazy you're used to I'm sorry and um, like we just eat like crazy wherever we go we just consume food and especially as the my stepkids got older and then my younger stepkid previous stepkid had a mm, future husband that's like a athlete also and they would just eat but simplifying the way you can get everyone fed because if you start throwing off the equation people get hangry man and you don't want yes. that and you don't want to throw off balance of family because you're already on a type timetable and then if one's already done eating by the one time one's already started eating and you have young children that's a nightmare okay that is right. a nightmare in and of itself and if you're smart out there and you manage your life like an entrepreneur you're just like oh yeah What's the common thread here? How do I get to point A to point B? And everyone's happy and I have to sacrifice and eat last or sacrifice my choice as the entrepreneur because that's what we do, servant leaders, then fine. Sure. But it's the same oh, equation so in this. I was just going to say servant leaders. Yeah. So um, continue on because we have a few more minutes here. Yeah, and I want to sure. get you on to an, an episode three also like we discussed. But I want to finish off uh, this episode with like you have all these options I want you to continue down that road but as we start to wind down in the next seven minutes I want you to just really talk to the audience about how important this has been for you as a person and how much you've grown and and has it bettered your relationship with your wife because both of you jumped into this right so yes. could you touch upon all of those things um, as we wrap it up and then definitely, definitely part three Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, um, just as far as that went, you know, when I did the, uh, 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 when I was running the hot dog cart, uh, but let's say back it up to 2019, I pushed my wife, my wife was a manager of a target at the time. And I'm like, I'm like, Target doesn't give a shit about you. Like, come work with me. Like, you you think like this. Because, you know, she would be like, she would be asking me questions like, 
well, why aren't you guys out at this such and such a place? And then she'd look up and she's like, I already found the contact. And look, you have a mutual friend with him. Like you get a type it, you know? And so she just thought like that already. And so I pushed her to come and do this uh, for the hot dog cart. And she was immediately good at it and really successful and she has tricks which i mean we'll talk about in the next episode but just things like if we're gonna go out to uh an hoa or a brewery or something she will find a facebook friends group of people who live in that neighborhood and she will join their friends group and then every time we go out there she's like hey guys just so you know bandwagon's gonna be in the neighborhood you know and that's little things like that are like mind blowingly successful. Uh, and, and that was why I pushed her to come. And so she came over, she was super, super good at it. And then COVID hit and I felt like the biggest asshole because now we have two kids. Both of us are on unemployment. Neither of us have a set date when we'll go back to work or even know if we'll go back to work. Um, and so I felt like I had let her down by like pushing her out of this sure thing at a retail job, you know, and then of course that became, um, an essential job. So she wound up going back to target, you know, kind of tail between her legs and like, so, so in order to do all of this, I had to like win her back into entrepreneurship, into, um, into, you know, that leap of faith. And at first it was really, really bad for our marriage. Like we fought like crazy. Um, it made it like, it was doubled the frustration, doubled the stress and doubled, you know, depression issues and and everything just because it was like playing poker for a living you know that's how it felt uh but everything was uncertain at the time anyway so it was like it just seemed like the right thing to do now you know we work alongside each other every day and it has like tremendously built our uh marriage it's been a really good thing for us. We like, we know each other so much better and I know what she's going to say before she says it sort of thing, just because it's like going to fucking war. You know what I mean? Like we're like war buddies. We've been through some shit and, uh, it, it makes you look at somebody different, you know, like, uh, it really, really strengthened our bond. And now, you know, our daughters are seven and nine. My nine year old comes out and runs the truck with me a lot. And that's huge, you know, to be able to, uh, to hand her something like that at such a young age and, and teach her those life lessons and just kind of prepare her for whatever the world looks like when she is old enough, you know, but, uh, but yeah, so it's long run. Yes. It, it, it was a very good thing for our relationship. But uh, it it certainly didn't feel like it when when you're stepping off that cliff, you know. Yeah, I know, and I've been there, and 
it's gone very well for me in some cases and it's gone very bad for me in other cases but i feel like you're 100 right you guys develop skills in an environment that wasn't you guys being entrepreneurs and working together which then were able to translate so you're building building a foundation not as two entrepreneurs but as two people working in a business and growing and learning that the skills that you took to a new business so i think that's an important anchor there as well Yes. And absolutely. The other part is that, you know, that a couple that does well together pivots together. And you talked about refinancing your house and then you both quit your job and you didn't even have built the food trailer yet. And right. so it's like there's a faith there and money is something that comes and goes but the relationship doesn't if it and if you care more about the money then the relationships come and go and the money stays in place okay and that's yes. very true in yes. a lot of cases so that's why i asked the question i just want to anchor that because i do want to talk about part three and i do want to talk more about that dynamic of your relationship i want to talk about you growing as a human just being in the hot dog cart more in your character and who I think you are and and believe you to be because of all of this experience in these trials and tribulations and how we're similar in that way. And then I also want to get the audience to understand and start to sink in. What is Showtime in your business? Like, what is it? Yes, because it's definitely. very important. And if you don't have it, if it's not in the food and it's not with something, then you're missing something. So with that being Absolutely. said, where can they find you on uh, social media, Jerry? Um, we are on Instagram bandwagon underscore sandwich underscore CO. Um, we are online www.bandwagonsandwichco.com. We're on Facebook, um, just all the usual, uh, outlets and yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. Cool. And thank you everyone for listening in. Please share it. We're definitely doing a part three because the story and Jerry and I's connection and the trial and tribulations is very cool. And him and I spent a lot of time before episode one or part one that we recorded just talking and stuff like that, that we haven't even started to even scratch the surface on. Yes. So we're going to do that as well. And if I had more time and I wasn't recording so many episodes, Jerry just agreed to quick squeeze in and grab some time. So we quick squeezed out a part two. So thank you, Jerry, for doing that. I appreciate it. Yes, thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to part three. Yeah, absolutely. And you can find us on Instagram at Justin the Food Entrepreneurs, and you can find us on Spotify or wherever else you grow yourself through podcasts. And we're out.